Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network, an episode in which I am hosting, where we get to talk about 24, season 5, episode number 17? 17. 17, yes. The number that comes up when Colin hosts. Number 17, the end of the day, 11 p.m. to 12 a.m., uh, directed by Brad Turner and written by David Fury. That's a man's name there, David Fury. Um, that's like Bill Buchanan and David Fury. That sounds like a tag team in the WWE. <laughs> wow. I like these guys. Um, but, uh, this was the episode that aired on April the 10th, 2006. And Ben, do you know what was going on April the 10th, 2006? Colin, I am prepared. I do. Did you know that on <laughs> April the 10th, 1912, the Titanic set sailed from Southampton? Nothing bad oh. happened with that. Uh, and also... The first ever book from Alcoholics Anonymous, AA's big book, was published in 1939 on April the 10th. So there you go. Uh, and Paul McCartney announced in 1970 on April 10th that he's leaving the Beatles for professional reasons. Quite an ominous sign considering what I'm trying to do oh. throughout this episode. So <laughs> thanks, Paul, for this day being important. Hopefully that gives me a sign to get a ticket to see your show. Uh, this day in history was brought to you by the Oz Network. Thank you for joining us. My <laughs> name is Colin. Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia is going to be a big assist to this week. Uh, we, we briefly talked about this episode, but uh, I guess we should do opening lines first. Uh, my name is Colin, and um, I, you were magnificent. Thank you. And my name is Ben, and open it up and make it look like this is what we're talking about. Oh, I'll try my hardest. Uh, Sounds a bit dirty, that, doesn't it? Uh, this episode, I, I know we talked about it last week. I said that after the Logan twist, I very vividly remembered watching this, you know, w- with the rest of my family. Like it was a big deal. Everybody's watching 24 at this point. Uh, I said I had fond memories of this episode. I only watched the first five episodes. So, or uh, the first five episodes of this episode, the first five minutes of this episode. Uh, you said that it was one that's like, ah, it was an okay episode. But uh, I think it's a bit of a, Changeover from last week where, you know, you were definitely a little bit more high on it than I was. I might be more high on this episode than you are. I actually really enjoyed this episode, even though there's some obvious problems with it. Um, not everything with Evelyn's storyline really works, but uh, it's a great episode. We get some great moments between Charles and Martha and Jack gets to work in a tag team with Wayne Palmer. What more can you ask for? Look, this episode is entertaining. It's tense. It's got some amazing music. It, it's got like there is some really good stuff about this episode. My issue with this, it's Logan. It's you. Is he's a different character. This is a completely different character. Gregory Itzen has auditioned for 
Mecca Logan because this is this is my issue with this season from this point on. It's entertaining as fuck. Like you're hooked to the screen. I don't know how many times I've seen this episode, but I'm like drawn to it. like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? But like you just watch a week ago and watch this week to see how Logan is. He's so different, and it's just I'm unpicking all the plot holes and everything that just don't make sense and. Again, this goes back to my point that I always say about this season. First time watching this season is amazing. You're like, it's so good. But when you rewatch it and you know what happens and you know what is coming, this is when I have problems with it. And I'm not binning this episode. I'm still sticking to my rent, just spoiling it right now, because I just think that like, like literally you're going to get into this in the opening moments of just like, I'm evil now, so arrest Jack Bauer. And it's like, this has absolutely no logic or reason. And it's come out of nowhere. And it's just, it just, I just get irked by the fact that this character changes on a dime so quickly. And that's my issue. And that's where I'm going to have all my criticism in this episode. I mean, yeah, he does change on a dime, but I mean, I think this is where it works from depends uh, from a certain point of view, which point of view you're looking at it from. Cause what I think works about this episode is the fact that Logan does change, but it's, it's, it's not as over the top as you would think. He never becomes a bond villain here, Disagree. you know? Uh, he, he definitely doesn't become a Bond villain. I mean, anything, it kind of makes Henderson more of the Bond villain. But I, I, I like the change in Logan we've got from, imagine the same situation in season four, and even early in the season, you see how Logan responds to things. And I, I kind of like the way that Logan responds from this going forward. Maybe things get a little bit out of hand for him, but uh, um, I think, agree to disagree. Well, I think like, <laughs> okay, he's not a Bond villain. In fact, he's not stroking a cat like, kill Bauer now. But like I would argue, he is sort of more of that subtle, like a like a Khan or a you know like a freaking yeah, like just some of those more subtle karma villains. Because like there's this scene with the vice president in this episode, which just is so out of character. This is just it changes on a dime, and it like that to me. He's like this Bond sort of villain, and it's just. There's just elements to that where it like comes from. And then you kind of have these overdone lines where it's sort of you're trying to make him still likable about like, well, you said we needed to do this for the great. I'm getting ahead of myself. But like, it's just, yeah, agree to disagree. That's a polite way uh, of being wrong. Let's just continue what we've done for most of season five. Let's just go through this chronologically because it just makes sense. Uh, <laughs> no other so- reasons, Colin. There are no other <laughs> reasons why you're doing it chronologically at all. <laughs> Just because it makes sense. <laughs> but but like one of the first things I like about this is that we, we've been through so many episodes where you're exposition dumping and, and you're just repeating the recap that the audience already saw in the first few minutes. And what I like here is we ended the last episode with a, it has nothing to do with the vice president. And then you cut to Logan on the phone and you open this episode instead of Jack being, wait, if it's not the vice president, who is it? They're in the car already and they know the whole story. It's like, all right, so so this is what happened with Logan. Now, how do you know this? They, they kind of explain like, oh, there's a recording and all that. Now, everything with this recording, I, I I probably have less problems with how Logan's character is sort of like being retroactively changed here. Oh, this is what happened early in the season and more with Evelyn because it did sort of just come out of the blue, almost like we couldn't figure out any other character that we would actually tie to the storyline. So let's make it Evelyn. And her daughter was kidnapped and she just didn't you know care for the first hour apparently. But- the fact that she had this recording, like, do they even say in this episode how long she had the recording for? No, and this keep going, but I've got this is where I've got so many problems and the plot holes just keep exploding from yeah, this point on. Yeah, it, it's it's just very convenient. She had this recording. She's been sitting on it this whole time. This is where when everything was happening with Martha 
being felt up by Walt and stuff like that, where Evelyn Trump probably should have been like, I've got something because they hadn't kidnapped her daughter yet. <laughs> that, that's where you've written yourself into a bit of a corner here. Uh, if you said her daughter was kidnapped the entire day, sure, you're going to look back on and be like, she was very calm for a few hours there, but you at least have that explanation. They said her daughter was kidnapped at this point 65 minutes ago or something like that. So her having this recording the entire time, it, it, it definitely changes. And I'm sure if you go back, you see the scenes between Evelyn with Charles is in the room. They probably could have, you know, if they had planned this, had like a look here or there where you're like, ooh, something weird going on here. Maybe they're having an affair, <laughs> but they're not actually. She just has a recording implicating him. Uh, but but I like that this is done off camera and that we're, we're just allowing the audience to jump in because it was a big shocker and the audience had a week to sit on it. And now it's like, let's just jump into the story. Let's not feel the need to explain this all over again. Um, she basically explains it's in a safe deposit box. So again, she's had so much planning that she put this in a safe deposit box. Uh, it, they have to go to the bank to get it. Uh, Jack has the key. Uh, her daughter just complains. I want to go home, mommy. I want to go home. Oh, this daughter's the worst. Really? Uh, I actually was going to praise this child this week. I didn't well, think I'm she not, was that not bad. Not the actress. Not the actress. The character. Because the character yeah, just screws everything up. I kind of thought she's uh, fine. And it's, it, this, this I want to go home thing. And, and when she calls later, it's like the the, the way that they write her. I'll, I'll get to that. There's some problems with the way they kind of write her at the end of this episode. But uh, they pull into this uh, CD motel. And I do wonder why this motel is not, I mean, it should be one of two things. It should be either we're closed down because there's literally nobody on the road. So there's no mm. point to actually keep this place open right now. Or they're probably being flooded with cars. There's like no other people in the parking lot. So this, if I were the manager here, I would have said, let's close down. Let's turn in for that. It's almost midnight. I don't know if any curfew. of these motels, I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a curfew, but so you shouldn't be expecting new customers, but uh, they come in, they get a hotel room uh evelyn's obviously been shot so they got to dress her wound and all that um while they're getting to the hotel room and everything and uh coming up with their plan uh we have logan on the phone with henderson and i don't know is this supposed to be the same phone call that he was on earlier do they no, make another call colin because again this is an issue because you see logan hang the phone up at the end of the next episode so again it's a see that it's done this is three minutes later so have you got jack yet uh mr yeah. president <laughs> i just talked to you three minutes ago like yeah, but but th this is where we start to get them Philly and Logan side of the story. Where he said, you know, there was making no him not point look that person. bad, Colin. That's what you're yeah, trying to exactly. say. Yeah, exactly. But but I think it's more realistic because if you had made this where he had this master plan and ha 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 ha, I will take over the world. French. It doesn't work. So, ha, ha, ha. Oh, I am Logan. Whoa. Hello, Mr. Gonson. We are going to make the United States like France. Ha ha. We're going to run away from everyone. Get some baguettes. It's France. Fancy food and twiller mustaches. Let's riot. Ooh. Let's riot all the shit. Come on, burn a car. <laughs> but, but like, he's basically saying, listen, we had this plan. It's gotten out of control. This wasn't the way it was supposed to be, so fix it, right? Uh, and I, I like this dynamic. So we're going to get some of it. I've already watched the, the next episode. We we're going to get some more of this in the next week with this back and forth between Logan and Henderson that I actually think is great, where it's like, you kind of made this problem, so fix it. And then it's like, well, it was on your order, sir. Like, I do like that Logan is... A little bit in over his head. This wasn't because realistically, I'm sure this is not the first time the president has allowed something to happen. I mean, there's a lot of conspiracy yeah, theories Joe. going all the way. You you could go all the way back even pre you know World War One, World War Two, where there's conspiracies. Oh, they let this happen for this reason and stuff like that. It's it's probably not even the the the, the tenth time that this has happened where the president has maybe allowed something that could potentially be illegal to happen because for the greater good, you know. 
Um, it was all, all that stuff in the eighties about uh, the the United States funding the well the, funding the <laughs> Taliban essentially yeah. <laughs> during the eighties to fight weapons Russia, of you know? mass destruction. Yeah, we gave them. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, stuff like this happens all the time, and I, I feel like what makes this story work is that realistically, probably everybody outside of David Palmer has done something like this. And in this Wait, case, David it's like Palmer it just wasn't got out innocent. Of hand. We established that David Palmer did dirty oh, yeah. shit. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Let's go back to season three. <laughs> Some things he's going to jail for as well. But I, I like that this uh, this this side of Logan is I didn't do this to take over the world. This was one simple plan, and now it's gotten out of hand, and we got to fix this. That part does work, even if it wasn't the plan from the beginning. But 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 that's where I've got a glaring issue on a rewatch because you're right, you are a hundred percent right. But like, why then do they make him out to be like a Bond villain? Like it's like. The, the, the worst I don't think thing they do. But well, the, well, they do. They end an episode at a cliffhanger. I see that it's done. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and like, you literally change the vibe of this character. If you have him still like weaselly president who's a bit like, oh, but, but, sir, I didn't realize that this was going to kill Palmer. And I'd like have him be a bit more like that. I'm not trying to take away from Logan being a great villain. This is not me trying to say that. It's just the shift in this character so quickly. We've seen him purely for a season be this Weasley, don't know what to do, oh, nervous, 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 but then he'll take all the praise for it when he needs to. This time around, you're kind of betraying him as something different. So even in this phone call when he's like, well, I did this for the greater good and then you had to go and kill Palmer, you know, like this is where it should be like, no, I draw the line. I'm giving up from this point on. And then this is where you've got Henderson like should be over putting him over barrel going like, if we don't get that evidence, you're going down with me. So like until you get that evidence, then you're free. You, and this is where this gets so convoluted from this point on about this whole, like, conspiracy of the men in a room controlling the government. Because now you just I, – I wish I had the energy to write down every little thing that they point out there that by the end of Season 7 when Will Patton is about to be killed by Renee, you're going to be like, what the fuck has happened for the last two seasons? This makes John Voight's there. Like, I don't understand. Jack's got a brother who was in ER. Like, how has this become a thing? So, like, this is my issue. I just don't like, on in hindsight, how you make Logan such a villain when he's here saying, I only did this for the greater good. Because as you said, you're right. So many people in prison. So George Bush clearly should be this evil. Some people think he is. Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama. They've all done shit. Yeah. Trump, Trump innocent. Let's be honest, compared to all this <laughs> stuff. He just got caught. Lazy. <laughs> I mean, you could go back to the eighties, the, the, the whole Bay of pigs thing. I mean, this, this dates back even earlier than that. I mean, this, this has always happened, but I think where we're, we're kind of disagreeing here is if, if I'm gathering, right, you're kind of looking at the way the last episode ended was we got one Logan, the way this episode starts, we get another Logan. But I, yeah. I see that as the way that they presented that reveal. That was for the audience sake. That was, let's have a cliffhanger the same way as like, Jack putting on a ski mask going into a convenience store. It's like, that's not the way the next episode is going to be, but you're going for that shock of the audience. So I don't see it as a problem as Logan's character. I see it as the way that they decided to grab the audience from one week to the next. Yes, yes. No, you're right. But like what I'm trying to say is, and, and this is what I was trying to kind of put through to you earlier in this season, and anybody I implore to go back and watch Logan in the first 15 episodes of this season to now, when you've got Logan staring Gardner in the face and basically be like, I'm the president in command. I do this. I do that. Like you have never seen Logan be assertive and like that, like direct and anything. The only time you ever saw that was with Palmer at the end of last season. And that was a ruse. They made that up for the room to make that seem like a thing. 
He's Weasley. He's like doubting. And this is where, like I was trying to say earlier in this season, even when you see these like private moments with him in a room with, with Walt or anybody else. And again, I get why you don't see things like that because this was never the plan from the get-go. So it's hard. Like you, I understand where the writers have had to come from this and how Gregory Itzen is portraying this character. But to me, this is the biggest shift of a character, not only in 24 that I've maybe seen in any TV show. This is a different character. At least with Nina in season one, like even if that wasn't the plan, you can still go back and see that being a thing. Sarah Clark did not make Nina completely different in episode 24 because she was found out to be evil. That's my thing. And like, yeah, I'm not shitting over this completely because I do like the Logan is evil storyline. My issue is just always that, and he gets even, there's more things to come in this season where he just goes so cartoony villain that he wasn't that way before. And that's my issue. I want to eventually look back on season four to season five and just see the shift in the character and see if we get glimpses of that season four Logan at some point. Cause I don't remember exactly how this all plays out. But what, what I kind of like is like you mentioned the scene with Gardner and all that is that this wouldn't have been season four Logan. So I think even though, yes, he's got the the evil master plan here and he is kind of the, the new villain of the series, we're still seeing that evolution of the guy who would have crumbled at anything Gardner says versus the guy who's basically going to stand his ground here. You know, I mean, uh, arguably the best scene with Gardner was the one, what was it last week where he was uh, uh, basically saying, hey, did you know Wayne Palmer was here? No, really? Um, but uh I guess that, yeah, that is the last thing to just talk about Logan here is the, the whole meeting with Gardner. And he gives the order to Karen at CTU that he wants to have Jack placed in custody. And she's like, why? Well, he killed David Palmer. But sir, but sir, uh, <laughs> well, we proved that he didn't. Well, yes, we have new evidence. And see, this I like because he's sort of weaseling his way out of it, but he's using that presidency without being like, I'm going to put my foot down. I'm the president of the United States. He's using it to being like, I will share that with you when I have it. And I'm seeing a guy who's scrambling at this point. And of course, you know, Miles is going to jump on this. But again, well, I'm going to be really interested to talk about Miles because there's literally nothing that Miles does wrong. Like what's going on in Miles' head yeah. is always like power, power. But yet Miles is still technically always in the right. No, and I agree with you completely. Miles is always, I think, technically in the right 100%. Because again, there are questions that I can ask in this episode about, well, why doesn't, like, I, I know the argument is, oh, we can't tell people in CTU because we can't trust anybody. You're still telling Audrey, who works at the DOD, two hours ago you thought she was evil. So, like, I mean, you're still fucking yeah. telling her. Chloe could be evil. You don't know that. Like, I get you trust them. That's the relationship. My issue, I think, again, around Logan just making this phone call, there is about five occasions in this episode where people literally go, um, yeah, we had the shooter. He confessed. Um, yeah, we had Walt. Like, so all of this has been quashed. And, like, literally he's just like, ah, well, I've got something in front of me. And they're just like, okay, we'll listen to you. Like, again... That's not how the presidency works. What? Joe Biden no, but- can't just call up the FBI and be like, hey, so I really hate South Dakota. I want you to take control of them. What evidence do you have? I just, I've got it in front of me. Do it. Like, it doesn't work that way. But I'm going to tell you why it does work. Because we have Jack Bauer spending this entire season doing the exact same thing to everybody. Uh, and they're like, oh, well, Jack says it, you know? I, yeah, but I, that, that's a solid point. Absolutely. But the, the, the difference is, is that as an audience, we're not rooting for that. Like, we're not rooting for like, I, okay, I get it. Fair enough. I, I'll, I'll give you that. But it's just, I think it's just it, the, the manner, like, I think there needs to be something here, be it a, a conversation or something where, Logan can explain this a little better, but or just be like, "Oh, so have you talked to Jack and last how? Oh, well, we actually just received evidence that he uh, may be conspiring with Wayne Palmer, who has just uh, we found dead bodies on the lot, and we were seeing him, but then all of a sudden, like he's gone. So we've got new evidence here to think that Jack maybe still is a bit rogue because it's just 
you literally put the Palmer assassination plot to bed 12 hours ago and all of a sudden that's your reasoning and everyone just like, oh, fair enough, Jack's a bit unhinged anyway. He really did hate black people, so clearly he would have killed David Palmer. <laughs> like, it's just, that to me is where it's just like, okay. But again, I'm complaining. I'm being that super fan who's nitpicking. This is still bringing entertainment. And I'm still saying yeah. Gregory Itzen, as much as I hate the shift of this character, he's amazing. Like, he playing yeah. what I think is a Bond villain. I think this is where Gregory Itzen shines even more than we've seen him. So that to me, and the tension of kind of like when you got Martha and kind of you got Aaron, which I love how Aaron is just super smart, discovers it in two seconds. But um, mm-hmm. like the thing is that I want to point this out right now. We can talk about it more at the end. But the biggest plot hole and hypocritical thing that this episode and this season does right now, what are they trying to find, Colin? A recording. Now, also can yeah. I also just point out, Evelyn's been sitting on this Why recording with this? for 15 hours. <laughs> And it's just been in a bank. Cool. All right. That's fine. Yep. No, this isn't national security or anything. I'll just wait till my daughter's kidnapped. Now, let's go back to season two. They uh, mm-hmm. wanted to go to war with the country. We've got a recording. It is definitely accurate. But Jack's like, well, yeah. maybe is it? Have we verified it? Nope. Definitely accurate. War. We're going to war. Oh, I don't believe it. I'm going to find out this is false. By the end of this episode, they've got the recording. This is definitely accurate. And we've got to bring down the president of the United States. Hello, Jack. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to spoil something for next week, too, because, again, I watched that one. And my biggest complaint during this episode, my biggest complaint was, but why are they just assuming? Like, how do they know this couldn't have been fake? And next week, Jack has a conversation with somebody who's going to be a great returning character. Actually, we get we get them introduced in this episode. Uh, and they're going to say, well, how do you know this recording isn't fake? And he goes, I trust my source. Your source was the handmaiden to the first lady who withheld this evidence and her daughter was kidnapped and she was shot. And ratted you out the first sign of a gun in her face at the end of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Rat. She deserves to be Yeah, dead. but you trusted that source. Okay, Jack. And, that's, and again, like, we're being those people who are nitpicking. I get it. But, like, I think this is the real first storyline where... This show is going to be renowned from next season onwards of just getting what they've gotten previously and doing it worse. I mean, we've seen it already. Like, there's a mole every fucking season. But um, trust me, you thought Jack invading the Chinese consulate last season was the only time he invades a foreign consulate and gets away with it with no implications? Wait until Russia. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, like, I just, I laugh so much when it's like, this is definitely it. This is the only thing that's true. It's like, did you not learn you nearly invaded Yemen? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, the rest of the stuff to talk about here, I guess, just in the opening of the episode would be, uh, well, Jack calls up Audrey and basically wants her to call Heller. And, uh, okay, I, w- I want to break the news to myself. Yeah. <laughs> but we we do get him on the phone this episode where Audrey calls him and he's on Air Force 4 or Air Force 5 or something like that. <laughs> and he's on his way back. Now, I, I tried to poke a hole in like his itinerary because I'm like, they said, oh, he's going to be landing in an hour, but he was at a summit in Japan. I'm like, why did he wait so long? Because we're 17 hours into the day. Why did he wait so long to come back? But then when you actually look at where the first crisis ended, the Ontario airport, it would have been five hours in. He would have hopped on a plane and this is like a 12-hour flight or whatever. So it actually, I, I was trying to be like, oh, well, so he just conveniently waited five hours? Like, no, they actually waited till the crisis is over because why are they going to bring him back in the middle of a terrorist crisis? And then he's in the air and you have no choice but circle until you land. I just want to add my favorite part is when like, um, he's, Audrey's like, oh, I need you to come to Los Angeles. And he's like, he looks at his laptop, which is just sitting in front of me. Because again, 2006, perfect in-flight internet. You know, I mean, I can't even get it in 2023. Yet, fucking 2006, fucking AT&T were on the ball. But he like, he presses like, 
Two buttons. We're an hour away from LA. Hmm. Like, what has he got there? <laughs> I've got my itinerary open just in case I get redirected. Or oh, any moment now. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm near Van Nuys. One hour away. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Oh, sorry, we just passed it. It's redirecting. Take the next right turn. Take a U-turn at the next cloud. <laughs> at the third cloud, turn left. Uh, but uh, I, I'm I'm just really excited because to me, I think the best part of this last, you know, act of the season, the last third of the season is this three or four episode arc we get with Heller. And part of that is just, you know, how great William Devane is. But so, some of the best shock stuff to come and some of the best scenes we're going to have, like Agreed. wait until we get Devane in the room with you know the president that's going to be amazing but yeah. um yeah Jack's basically setting uh, a Heller he wants to make sure Heller's uh in on this side of the story before he's corrupted from the other side uh and he also wants to find the location for where the bank manager lives so Audrey's assisting a convicted <laughs> not he's not a convicted felon or whatever now are you already laughing at the whole kidnapping of the bank manager thing oh, I'm gonna, I want right now to you to google your local bank right uh, like any local Win- bank? Winnipeg Savings and Loan. Now, you try to tell me <laughs> if you can find A, the name of the bank manager, and B, then go on to whitepages.ca and see if you can find... Like, seriously, <laughs> like, who in their right mind at midnight is able to Google a bank manager's name? And, like, why why does Wayne get this from the yellow pages in a seedy <laughs> motel? I, I, I literally love how Jack's like, hey, Wayne, go and get us a room. Like, should Jack not be on the phone to Chloe? Hi, uh, LA Savings and Loan. We need to find the name of the bank manager. Oh, it's it's John Jenkins. He lives at 17 Bank Manager Street, Bank Manager Valley. Okay, sweet. I'll go there now. Like, the, he works for the government. Like, why yeah. are you looking up the yellow pages in freaking slutsrs.com hotel on <laughs> the Hollywood Boulevard? Like, it makes no sense. But, I mean, does, he already knows at this point, though, that Karen has this you know, order that's been issued though to apprehend you, but he also he doesn't. knows he doesn't Chloe until and- Audrey tells him. Okay. So, I mean, either way, even if he did know Audrey and Chloe have been helping him this whole time, <laughs> D- despite the fact that Jack's always, you know, on somebody's arrest list. Can I also just quickly add too? uh, one thing with Logan, we didn't touch on is Logan all of a sudden has a press conference, which comes out of nowhere. That's when Gardner, <laughs> then Gardner walks in and is like, sir, are you ready? And he's like, all oh, right, the press conference. There's no <laughs> press there. He had one like two hours ago. <laughs> He's basically like, oh, the, the terrorists are done. We did it. We stopped it. Da, 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 USA. Well, again, why are there only two reporters there? This would be like breaking. Like imagine on 9-11, we're bringing it up again. If George Bush by midnight was like, we've killed Osama bin Laden, it's over. Like, do you really think that there's going to be two reporters? Oh, man, it's been a long day. I've been reporting for 18 hours. This is fucking a news cycle that's not going to stop forever. And then why all of a sudden is he doing this app and it's, everything's over? Should he not be like greater Los Angeles martial law? is over. Why are the military still on the street? He just said the terrorist threat's over. Again, I get it. He's evil. He's got to try and get Jack. But, like, it makes no sense. Plot holes, Colin. Uh, Everywhere. The CTU, yeah, you're right. At this point, Audrey doesn't know, but CTU is basically watching... CTU is watching Audrey closely. They're like, oh, they're going to contact or whatever. And and this this is the thing that I think I like so much in this episode is that they basically zeroed in on a genre and they said, we're going to do all these little things to kind of make this feel like one of these political conspiracy thrillers. You know, this is going to be like all the president's men or like the Mel Gibson movie, conspiracy theory, theory or something like that. You know, uh, state of play would be another good one where there's always somebody hiding in the corners and watching you. And everybody has to you know look behind you, look, look for any shadows. Uh, and Ben, you too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
the, the way that they kind of cut back and forth between the Jack, they got the Jack arrest warrant and then Audrey's being watched and doesn't know it. That stuff's so effective. When we get to the Audrey stuff later on, that's, uh, to me, I think the best stuff in this episode. But, okay, Jack kidnapping a bank manager. Is it a little bit jump the sharky? Yes. Is it worse than the convenience store robbery? No, not by a million miles. Uh, and the biggest plot hole in this, they do technically resolve later on, which is that they come in here. Now, first, why is Wayne coming with them? You have Evelyn, who is... The only person who can corroborate, you haven't heard this recording. So the only person to actually corroborate whether this actually happened is the person who's lying in bed dying and you're gonna leave it with an eight-year-old girl alone in no motel room when you know that everybody's out to get you. So why aren't you leaving Wayne with her? Because she and, has he- one speech to Jack. Like Jack bends over <laughs> like a little bitch here. It's like, I'm gonna leave Wayne with you. No, he knows things. Are you sure? Okay, see ya. <laughs> but like the flip side of this is Jack already knows I'm kidnapping this guy. And then when they get there, he tells Wayne's like, why don't we just tell him the truth? And Jack's like, no, you never tell people the truth, which by the way, later on, they tell him the truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and why does he tell him the truth? Because the second thing that Jack doesn't think of, maybe I shouldn't take the guy who's been on the news for the last 17 hours because his brother just died. The biggest news story of the day. Do you think you're bringing Robert Kennedy to rob a bank manager's house of the day that JFK's assassinated? And he's also like, he... It was the chief of staff to the. It's not just the brother. He was yeah. the, like chief of staff. Usually, he's quite a prominent person. And I think does he say it next week? I thought he said it this week. And he's basically just like, oh, I was a former chief of staff for the United States, and I just committed a bank robbery. Oh no, he said that last season when he <laughs> broke into the house, didn't he? In season three, I thought that was in this season. But like again, this is also the future president of the United States who's just kidnapped. Uh, he's <laughs> like, luckily the bank manager gets killed. Otherwise, his re-elect his election campaign is going terribly next. I'm um, high. <laughs> Uh, Mr. President, future president, you kidnapped me and held my wife at hostage. You also murdered people. Why should I vote for you? But, but yeah, like they should at least be having it. I think it just makes Jack look dumb to not think they're going to recognize you. Yeah. Nobody even thinks about this because I, I spent half this episode going like, shouldn't they be recognizing Wayne? And of course the guy does. And he just decided not to say anything for some reason. Uh, but it's a, it's, it's a good scene the way that they sort of kidnap them. Uh, and and Jack basically says that like we're putting the fear into them, you know. We want them afraid. They tie the pants. wife up again. <laughs> but again, like, what do they tie the wife up with again? Like, it's like four you know, neckties. A, like, I need four neck. neck I need four ties. Okay. neckties. So you've left Evelyn completely unattended with a nine-year-old girl, and you're gonna tie up your only witness that you and the former chief of staff and brother of the ex-president of the United States and future president are kidnapping her husband. You're going to tie her up with four neckties and leave her alone. This is the second opportunity to just say, Wayne, please stay here. <laughs> and another option too. Like, again, I, I want them to cut to the end of this um, end of this season with a big cliffhanger. And then you just cut back to this, like, bank manager's wife. Went, Excuse me. I'm still tied up in this room. And again, she's not going to forgive CTU and the government. Like, your husband was killed after being kidnapped by a rogue agent who had an arrest warrant out for his name and the brother of the uh, former president of the United States who will become the president of the United States. But the reason why this all happened is because they had a tape recording that may or may not implicate the president of the United States. Like, mm-hmm. what if these were Republicans? Like, you, lucky you kidnapped Democrats. Like, luckily yeah. it was, oh, I respected your brother. <laughs> this is fucking in the Trump era. Imagine if right now somebody like in Biden's administration kidnapped these people. Oh, we need this to bring down the president. It's like... I'm a fucking Republican. MAGA all the way, my friends. Yeah, boo. <laughs> screw, screw Biden. Like, I mean, God damn, they, Jack gets lucky. This is the luckiest thing that's ever happened to Jack that he kidnapped a Democrat. 
they're they're in a rich white area in Los Angeles. They should simply be like a black man broke in my house. Yeah. Kill him. <laughs> Forget the, that it's the president's brother. The funniest part you say about that is like literally when he gets the bank manager, uh, like he's he's holding them hostage in the house, and Wayne's there, and then he's like, you know, oh, Jenny, call the police. So Jack runs in and like points a gun at her, like put that phone out, put the phone. Out. She's like, okay, okay, okay. As soon as you see Wayne with a gun, she's like. Ah! <laughs> Racist. <laughs> um, I, I guess we'll, we'll just I, I'll cap it right here after talking about the. To me, the best part of this episode is Audrey being tailed. Although she says, "I'm going home to get a couple hours sleep." Like everybody else, there is still crisis time. We just found out that the the president's assassin is still out there, or whatever. She's going home to get a couple. Now, arguably, everybody should be going home to get a couple hours sleep at this point. Maybe we wouldn't have this issue with Homeland Security. They just brought on the day shift people who were not there during the terrorist attack. And it's now their time to come into work. But uh, Audrey going home and get a couple hours sleep. They got the tracker on her car. Now this, I love this whole spy thing here. Like this, this, you know, political conspiracy thriller spy thing where uh, they said, okay, so hold the phone up to you know, the car. And then they find the tracker. She's at the gas station. She's passing it off to this other vehicle. Why is this other vehicle on the road too? Like, do they have clearance? I don't even know. The, this is like Tom's extermination service or something like that. Power, <laughs> Midnight. Power, maybe they've got, you know, they've got to check power lines. <laughs> but like, also there's somebody who's watching her. They're like, she just pulled into a gas. Who's this lady who's watching her? The security Valerie. person. Valerie. Valerie. Okay. Her name. She's Canadian. So, Jenny Cooper. Oh, good old Jenny Cooper. <laughs> there um, she is. <laughs> but but like she's oh she pulled into a gas station she should also be like all right wait the tracker's leaving that way but she's leaving this way like she can't even get her directions right small thing but i i love the way that she has this little escape here it's great and this is the thing like this is going back to my point about like i get mad and there are plot holes but it's still entertaining like it's just i'm with you the spying sort of thing and uh this i always remember when audrey's like in this coat i like this coat she's wearing because there's going to be a scene with that with blood on it like i just always have this image of her and this coat covered in blood um but yeah it, it is entertaining and like audrey's finally got something to do she's finally not just sitting in a room agreeing with people so like it's good to kind of see kim raver on the scene here i love it but um yeah and the music we just talk about the music we've got that sean Callery. don't no 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 you muted yourself boomer uh don't no 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 until you unmute yourself um, I was gonna say it's basically the James Bond theme. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. and I think I think the the perfect the, like what and this is where like I'm sucked into this episode. Even though the plot holes are annoying me, the character shift in Logan is annoying me. It's the calorie score has added almost a level of importance to it. It's almost, it's almost even got a dark nightmare because you kind of got a dun dun dun. Like you got real like deep motifs going on there to really amp up the tension. You know this shit is serious. And I think this is what makes the ending of this season so good and like addicting, even though there are issues with it when you know what's happening. It's just, everything is just captivating. You're like, Oh, spying what's going on. And yeah, I'm going to complain and point potholes, but this is just thoroughly entertaining. And that's what saves this from a bin from me. It's just, it's so like all these little elements, even the bank manager thing, which is dumb. Cause again, they're going to rob a bank and they've kidnapped a bank manager, but like, it's still like you're, you're hooked. Like, oh, what's going to happen? Whereas, mm. as you said before, with like the convenience store, that's just shit and lazy. This is like, oh, like this is this is national security. You know, we know mm -hmm. Jack's got a hundred percent track record with knowing if recordings are real or not. Um, yeah, I, I think the the worst stuff in this episode is about to come here. This is where I think we might disagree on the little girl. Uh, it's it's not that I don't believe this is what a kid would do. So Evelyn starts bleeding out or whatever, and. Her daughter goes, picks up the phone, calls 911. I get that she's going to be like, 
oh, I'm, I'm here. My mom, this, I don't know if she even gives location, but the way it's scripted, it's almost like we got to get all this information out in about five seconds. And it just feels like a kid especially is going to struggle a little bit on the line. Like, Tell us where you are, little girl. I almost wish because we know that Henderson's got somebody who's like listening to this call or whatever. And wouldn't it have been great if they actually had somebody who's like, oh, we need to call back. Like, I obviously, I guess the issue is 9 is not allowed to hang up with you until they get somebody there. But just make it where they have to coax. It just makes it, the girl, I don't know if she's a kid, but at least a little, hi, my mom, she's bleeding out. And and uh, a white man and a black man kidnapped us and they're here and she's a bleeding. A black man over there right away. <laughs> kind of look like the president's brother. <laughs> uh, but it's, her name is Evelyn Martin and she's the, the first lady's uh, handmaiden. And I'm her daughter, Amy. And uh, we've been here for the last 14 minutes. If you get somebody here now, you can still intercept jack before you get some bank manager i don't know she doesn't go through all that but it's it's it just the way it happens so quickly is just like pace yourself a little bit you know i disagree i mean i think the 911 call is the worst one because she's all like oh my god my mommy she's unconscious he's like calm down what's your name like <laughs> the little girl woman um i i the thing that i like i take with this child is like you said it like this is believable this is what a little girl would be like even when she's in the car going like i'm scared mommy and like to me, this is why I'm not annoyed with it because this is to me how a little girl should react in a situation like this. And the thing that I think, like, Jack kind of looks at the the wound at the beginning of this episode, ah, it's a flesh wound, you'll be fine. So Jack, not a doctor, clearly. Because the thing that I really like about this sequence and why I like this little girl character is because the only thing that really causes her to call 911, because Evelyn's kind of fine. She's just sort of laying yeah. there, passing in and out of consciousness. She, this little girl gets up and washes blood. Like, it's a really, like dark scene seeing like a little what six-year-old seven-year-old girl washing blood off her hands and then she kind of collapses and starts crying and like that's to me like so believable this is what would happen this poor little girl to which that's what then leaves evelyn to get up and basically fall and hit her head because she's trying to protect her daughter and then mm. this little girl is the children are dumb you've got them you know that so she's not <laughs> going to listen to her don't call the authorities so of course the first thing she's going to do is her mum's hurt she's going to call and then to me, it makes complete sense because Henderson's, you've got a goon who's listening to 911 straight away. Boom. Yep. They're at this hotel. Cool. See you. Bye. Like, I have no problem with this. Uh, the only problem I have is that you never see Evelyn or this child again. So clearly they're dead. Um, and I think the actress <laughs> said in an interview afterwards that, yeah, the character's dead. So, um, yeah, I, I this is the one time I'm going to disagree with you on a child. I think this child <laughs> is solid. This child is 10,000 times better than doo-doo in no time to die. <laughs> no, that's going too far. Um, uh, but, but I, I, again, I agree with some of what you're saying, like how the scene plays out and why she's calling 911. It's just the amount of information she gives up where it's like, you had an opportunity and I'll give the benefit of the doubt. She gives up information though that she's asked. Literally everything she says is what the 911 operator asks her. So she's only giving I mean, up information she's been asked. Yeah. still, so I think, I think it's just another one of these things where it's like, I want this dragged out a little bit. You know, I want, I want. Let, let's have Henderson struggle. It's just, it's, you're making it too easy. And this is something that's happened a couple times this season. It happened a lot last season too. Everything just gets a little bit too easy for the villains. Oh, we don't know where Jack is. Guess what? This girl just came, gave the full middle last name, social security numbers of her and Ra. You know, just say, oh, we had a call from a little girl and they, they mentioned the name Evelyn. And it was at this occasion. Hmm, interesting. Let's go check it out. Leave it as a bit of suspense. I think it, maybe just don't make it as obvious as they kind of make it here. I think that's the biggest issue I have. It's too much information happening too quickly. And there was probably a better way to do this. Yeah, I see it. But again, I know I complain about it too. So yeah, no, I, I get it. But it's just, sometimes it's just 24 as we discovered. They've got to do it, right? It's real time. So yeah. like, oh, as they always drop the, the lines of, oh, we don't have time. Um, But yeah, I, I don't know. Like it gives us this shootout at the end, I guess. 
Uh, so yeah, we have the, uh, the, the Gardner scene here where, and one thing I do love about Gardner, now this is a complete change of the character because Gardner has been the guy who's like, no, Mr. President, you do what I tell you. And he's like, okay, okay. But I, I like how upset Gardner gets when Logan's like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to need you to back off right here. I've got this under control because this, it would be a vice president. Listen, I've been in this administration for the last three years. This is the first time I've had a job. <laughs> you're giving me something to do, and now you're taking it away. It's like I could have been just don't give me the job in the first place. I could have slept in. Uh, is it, yeah, it, it's a complete change in character, but still fine. Um, but uh, yeah, Jack calls up. He gets um, Aaron, or was it Aaron calling Jack? One of the Aaron other. calls Jack, and I love how it just got on the phone. Aaron Pierce, and the best part about <laughs> this is when Jack answers the phone. Aaron, it's Jack. Yes, he called you. <laughs> if i call you right now uh you're like hello i'm like oh can i speak to colin please uh, yeah it's colin and you call my number like yeah <laughs> you should i mean i don't think jack would have anybody else answering his phone maybe you don't know well enough to recognize the voice but yeah uh but yeah so basically now aaron's kind of being let in on this and you're just sort of building this is what works so well in the second half of the season is that you almost have these two teams going at it it's like we've got Team Bauer, who he's sort of building his forces over the next couple of weeks of let's let this person know. And then we've got to get some people on our side because this is that's one of the line I like so much last week that just came out of nowhere. It's like, you know, th this conspiracy goes much higher up than we thought it did. I'm, I'm Bill. I'm scared. Uh, that line works if you had built that more throughout the season. But now they're actually really building. And then you got the Logan side where he's got the miles on his side and even Karen at this point. Um, and, and Martha technically, uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, now Pierce is on Jack's side, uh, and <laughs> this is where Wayne does exactly what they should have done in the first place. Go tell the guy, use the fact that you've got the president. Listen, you've seen me on TV, right? They're watching TV when they kidnap. You see that guy on TV right there? Look familiar. Hey, it's me. <laughs> Do you think that I'd be coming here in the middle of the night if I didn't have a good reason? This is for national security. I need you to let us in for the safe deposit. And then if it goes wrong, pull the gun on him. Do it then, you know? Uh, but use the fact that he's Wayne Palmer. This guy says, I recognize you. I voted for your brother. Good man. <laughs> um, and then Wayne's here where he's saying exactly should have done the first one. And the one dumb thing that Wayne does, he doesn't know. Like, at this point, he's still kind of buying Jack's position of, no, don't trust anybody. But then he says, yeah, so that guy over there, Jack Bauer, uh, used to be dead. Now he's back alive again. Got a daughter named Kim. She's a good swimmer. <laughs> Why is he giving up Jack's information? I just, I feel like Wayne should have at least, maybe just don't tell him who the other guy is. He's probably already going to prison. Um, but uh, the bank manager decides he's going to go along with it and everything. Um, uh, do we want to talk about anything else here? Uh, Henderson, uh, this is where they got the location for where Evelyn is. Uh, so he's got his people on it or whatever. Uh, and, uh, I, th I think this is where, um, th is this where they find out that they got separated from, um, Audrey's tracker or whatever. Uh, and, uh, close the, the moments here. So satellite hole, like, cause Chloe basically blocks the satellite and has that great line yeah. where she comes out of the toilet. And it's like, <laughs> what were you doing in there? I can write you a report yeah, exactly. if you want. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I actually really do like the her and miles yeah, dynamic because it, it's putting a spin on every time we've seen Chloe with other coworkers in the past. In this case, he's a male. They both Chloe. hate each other. He is a male Chloe. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I think it works so well. He comes in there. He finds her. Oh, I'm onto you or whatever. Um, Henderson uh, then has his men show up at the bank. We get the, the, the police there and everything. This is where we get the big shootout. Uh, it, it's a great action sequence, even though it is a little bit brief. Uh, we also have uh, Evelyn getting, 
resuscitated or whatever by the, the paramedics and all that. Uh, and uh, the episode uh, kind of ends here where um, uh, w- the bank manager dies or whatever. And uh, Jack's calling up <laughs> bank manager's dead. Sorry. Uh, Jack calls up Audrey and um, says that we're, we're going to go take down the president of the United States, which I mean, you're coming off a big action because this is very much, we got to put the stamp on the episode. We need that one line, the, the tagline in the episode. It is very cheesy, but I don't think there's any single line. I, mean, I, I did mention the thing last season, although I'm currently unemployed, how much I love that line. But I mean, this is the line that I think everybody remembers from season five. You know, you have the Logan reveal, but then you remember that we're going to take down the president of the United States. It's such an obvious tagline, but I think it really does work. I uh, love the fact that Jack basically gets an innocent bank manager and a bunch of innocent LAPD officers killed in this episode. Because um, <laughs> you think about all those cops that got killed. Evelyn, the Evelyn, daughter, like, what's that, them? <laughs> that's fine. But, like, you know, when somebody else dies, it's it's a whole big thing. Um, I love, like, And this guy helped them. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel so bad about this until you said innocent people because this guy – Shouldn't have been taken at gunpoint. They should have just asked them. They could yeah. have been in and out of there, not had to wait on the safe opening and all that. But, like, literally when... Because, like, this guy basically gets himself killed in a way, too, because he's like... Jack's like, I think you should stay in the bank. He's like, well, what are they going to do if they find me? They're probably going to kill me. And Jack and Wayne sort of look at each other and go, yeah, probably. You're probably going to die. It's like, well, I'd like to take my chances <laughs> with you. But, I mean, these people don't even get remotely close. That's all Jack has to do is run out and go, look at me, I'm Jack Bauer. I've got the recording. Um, don't go in the bank. The bank manager knows nothing. He's innocent. Um, untie his wife, by the way. Um, so, and like, again, all those cops, when he, I love it when he's like, trip the silent alarm, the cops will come here and start a shootout. I want like Wayne to be like, but innocent cops will die. And it's like, it's all right. What have they done to your people over the years, Wayne? It's like, you're right. Yeah, Kill exactly. them. They Kill des- them all. They deserve <laughs> I it. I hate them. You got pulled over earlier tonight, didn't you? I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I love it when they play the recording. And again, this is one of these things where you can see what the writers are trying to do. They've sat down and they've come up with this great plot. The president is evil. These are the following things that make no sense why the president's evil. So let's retcon them in a brief phone call that nobody will think about again until another 17 years when two random guys podcast about it. So literally in this phone call that you hear that Evelyn recorded, which again, how does Evelyn, the handmaiden of the first lady, record secret government phone calls from the president of the United States? She's pretty good, that Evelyn. And then like, <laughs> you, like when she heard it, she just literally gone, hmm, in my daily recording the president phone call, what's he revealing here today? All right, budgets are up. Okay, cool. Oil prices are down. I'll be going to South Dakota this week. That's good. <laughs> is evil. Um, he's glad the Redskins... What, what, wait, hang on a minute. Evil? By the way, I can say Redskins. In 2006, they were still called the Redskins. That's not racist. Um, <laughs> and, oh, I'll, I'll just mark that down on my little tape recorder and... Well, I'm going to the bank now to deposit some checks. I might as well put it in my security deposit box. And after that, make plans for a trip to Vermont. Yeah, I hope my daughter doesn't get kidnapped today. That might change things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be a bummer. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, McDonald's is open. <laughs> so, like, makes no sense. But then, like, literally in this phone call, it's Logan going like, Henderson. Yes, Mr. President. We're evil. Let's talk about evil things. You're right. <laughs> Why do we have to get Palmer killed again? Because he called the first lady. Grr, you're right. Okay. And then. he was black in Los Angeles. Exactly. Grr, grr. All right. Okay, then. All right. What else is there? Mr. President, it's okay. Walt is made to look evil. You know why you couldn't say anything? 
Grr, you're right. Like, literally, they're saying all these things. The audience is going, but what was evil? And he didn't do anything about it. So they've literally got this lineup. You know why you had to make him the fall guy and not say anything? Like, just such a lazy line to, like, pass it off. It's like, oh, we didn't know we were coming up with this plan 10 episodes ago, so let's make it look like we did. Um, so, and then I, like, you're right, like, Let's not tell this guy anything, all right? No, don't tell him who you are. We'll just hold him at gunpoint. Next minute, that's the president of the United States talking about being evil. You're right. Let's get in the car. Like, I'm sorry, Jack might have to kill this guy anyway. He knows too much. Like, yeah. They've got to go off and, like, be all like, oh, we're going to get evidence to prove this so we can bring the government down. We're going to go to the Secretary of Defense because he's a trustworthy man. See you later on, pre- uh, bank manager guy. Okay, don't tell anyone now. Okay. Gonna go home to my wife and untie her. <laughs> Maybe keep it tied up if you know what I mean. That's nuts, nuts, nuts. Oh, lol, you're a funny man. Here's $5. Go buy yourself a drink. Okay, see ya. Gets phone out. <laughs> Hi, CNN. Yes, have I got the story for you? The president is evil. Like, fucking hell, Jack. Lazy. Um, I just wanted like a, a deleted scene where Wayne's like, yeah. So then Jack got addicted to smack. And, you know, and this was after he was cheating on his wife with another terrorist. Where's the sit down <laughs> Oprah interview? Like in the lead up. To, that's how, that's how Palmer gets elected as president next season. He's got this tell all and end all. It's like, that, that guy got shipped to China, addicted to smack, beheaded people. Like, yeah, okay. I killed people, but he forced me to kill people. He forced me to rob a bank. Right. You know, I wanted to be honest about the whole thing. And he said, no, honesty never did anyone no favors. <laughs> You pull that trigger. <laughs> you rotten China Bauer. Um, but I mean, the the shootout scene is pretty cool. Like it's, I, I, in all seriousness, like, yeah, Jack's getting cops innocent, uh, innocent cops killed, but it's kind of a cool ploy. Like, let's get the cops start a shootout. To which the military shows up. Like everyone's having a shootout here. I'm sure there's some freaking crypts and bloods hanging in the corner going, yeah, we're getting involved too. Woo. Um, Rodney King, Rodney King. <laughs> Tell A, it's riot time. Woo. Which again, the freaking curfew should be over now. But um, I do love like how Jack and just escapes. So he's like, "Get the cop car," because that's that's inconspicuous. Driving down the streets in a cop car, <laughs> like, come on, dead body in the back. Yeah, this is fine. It's L.A. By, by the way, uh, trivia thing here: uh, the police car that Jack and Wayne are in at the end of the episode is the same car hijacked by Bierko and his men to use as a phony escort in an earlier <laughs> episode. Because you can see the same damage to the driver's front door. So although lazy. that car was supposedly destroyed in the gas plant explosion. So this is just lazy prop department of Fox. <laughs> Fuck, uh, we can't afford another cop car. Door. They won't notice the dents. <laughs> Change awkward. the plates. <laughs> Nobody will believe it's the same car. <laughs> actually, there's another plot hole. Earlier in the episode when Karen's all like, before she gets that phone call with the president, she's like, I will take it in Bill's office and let me know when Bierko has woken up. That's not at yeah. all just trying to tell the audience that he's still alive. <laughs> he was brought in an hour ago. Like, shouldn't, shouldn't Chloe or, like, Mars be like, uh, yes, Miss Hayes, you told us that an hour ago. You don't need to let the audience know. They're not that dumb. They remember that there is a guy called Bierko because, seriously, in, like, three episodes time, no one's going to remember there was a guy called Bierko until conveniently he shows up in the penultimate episode of this season because plot reasons. Um, yeah, I mean, it's that line at the end. Yeah, it's such a, tr- like, this week on Fox. We had to take down the president of the United States. Jack has the biggest mission yet. Taking down the biggest man he's ever had to face. 7 p.m., 6 p.m. Central on Fox. Like, it's just like, that's clearly what that's for. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, again, as I keep saying with this episode, there's plot holes galore. It shifts in tone. There's this episode, but it's still entertaining. Like, I can't mm. bin this episode. It's just other things annoy me. I'm on my high horse, Colin. Um, so speaking of horses, 
Uh, trivia oh, note, Jorge Noah, the actor that played a paramedic Noah's in this episode, also played what? Jorge Noah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the actor who played a paramedic in this episode also played horse trainer in episode 3, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. That's where that I recognize character. him from. And you know how we have we have pages on Wikipedia for everybody. Uh, this guy, he does have a section as horse trainer, but he is under unnamed civilians page. A civilian is uh, a paramedic. Give him credit. He, he died well, serving I his think, country. No. Horse trainer is unnamed civilian. I don't know if oh. this guy actually well, has Well, he's still, he, he's an important <laughs> citizen. He's a horse trainer. <laughs> um, I don't want to untrained un- yeah, yeah. horses roaming the streets of LA without him. We'd be dead. <laughs> well, if it could be sexy horses, then you'd be Ooh, okay with that, right? You want them wild. Nay. Put their hooves up. <laughs> Uh, William Devane, first episode back is Heller. Uh, three episodes. So I said three or four. So I guess this will be the first of three. So really only two. He only gets a brief scene. This, so he's only only got two episodes. I always forget how little he's in this episode. I feel like he's in like so much of the, the, the last third of the season. He's in less and next then, season. He's in one episode next season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then this is the first episode to not feature uh, James Morrison as Bill Buchanan since um, the character was introduced back in uh, season Aww. four. But uh, he basically week. had... Tw- 26 episodes straight appearing in the show. And after this week, he'll have 26 more episodes straight. Oh. Uh, how he comes back next week does leave me with a couple of questions, but we get, you know, the, that great, you think, you think Jack and Curtis is a great team. You think Jack and Wayne's a great team. Wait till you get Jack and Bill as a team in the field. That's what I really want. Is this, is Jack in a, is, um, Singo in a turtleneck next week? Why do I a picture Bill in a turtleneck? <laughs> Uh, do you have anything else in the book? Is there anything about Bill's turtleneck in the book? Uh, no, nothing really in the book. This, this is the highest rated season of um, 24. It just sort of touches on that and just talks a little bit about the um, the Peter Weller sort of stuff that we've already talked about um, coming back. But uh, yeah, I'm sorry. The amount of money I paid for this book, Tara DeLulio, whatever your name is, it's yeah, not the greatest. So <laughs> not giving me a lot of trivia this time around. Uh so I, I rented last week's episode, but uh, I didn't hate it. Um, there's things about last week that I definitely like more than this episode. But I think as a whole, I just enjoy this one more because I feel like they 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 picked that genre and then they they really ran with it. The kidnapping the bank manager somehow kind of works in this episode, and you add to that Audrey and you know being tailed and all the the bugging and all that, and just building up the conspiracy and we need to get this person on our side. Like, I think everything in this episode, even the plot holes, kind of still work. And it's just overall, I don't know, better story than last week, uh, more fun. So I'm going to buy it. Or you, you you already said you were renting this. Yeah, no, I'm right? renting this. I mean, it's, it's it, like, it's just, it's entertaining. But it's just, it's still, I think it's just one of those ones that makes me angry enough that I can't buy it. So that's where I come from. And again, like, I remember watching it live. I remember you're on, just, you're, you're hooked to the screen. This this might be the the most watchable 24 ever was for a stretch of episodes from episode mm-hmm. 16 onwards in the fact that not to say that any other season you didn't want to tune in every week and watch it but i think this was more of a fuck i need to watch this every week like like i mm-hmm. i'm counting down the minutes of this episode airs and i remember it vividly so that's where i come from with that but um yeah just it just it makes me angry and i think i've got i think i need a few weeks to get used to this new logan as much as i like it it's just it is such a drastic shift to me uh, and I'll just say that I've got this at 81st. So I've got this just below uh, episode 21 of season one and episode 21 of the sandwich between two 21s. And um, overall, this will come in at 130 on my list after all the episodes. Um, yeah, uh, we were a little bit closer last week. I've got this at 57. So this is, 
it's it's in my bottom i think seven oh. or eight buys did it hurt but uh it's very much <laughs> jack's not a gentleman uh but uh this is just below the season two premiere for me uh and just ahead of the second last episode the penultimate episode of season three uh 57 overall so uh still a buy Oh, I'm excited because next week, I mean, next week's a good, I, I, I don't even know where you have next week's episode. Uh, I don't think we've talked about it. higher than this, but next oh, week's the a blood real episode good. next week. That's the one with Audrey next to it with the blood. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and we get really Heller. Heller is what sells next week's episode. Yeah. Heller and Charles together. It's um, I think, yeah. I, and I think the beauty about next week is the way they portray Heller. Like, even as an audience, you're confused. And you're going, oh, no, not him. And then kind of you understand what it goes. Yeah, you're right. The short space with Hella we get, I'd argue the stuff we get with Hella this season in three episodes is better than all of last season. Um, It's really, really good. And, yeah, that scene with Audrey and the blood, I've just always got this image of it because it's very tense. And I just, Kim Raver gets some stuff to do. And we've already like talked about her like not being nominated for awards for this. I mean, I think she's got her best stuff to come still in this season. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I haven't watched it since my rewatch last year, but I, I just saw the screen grab for next week and uh, you've refreshed my memory. So, yeah, better. I'm, I'm on a – just spoil again. I like spoiling this. It makes you uh, know where I'm coming in each week. But the next few weeks for me will be buys. Uh, there will be a slight drop off of a rent and a bin, but then we'll get back to the buys. I'm really curious where this bin is because I, I remember everything from this point to the end of this season being great. But uh, again, opinions change sometimes on a rewatch. Um, speaking of bins, we're in the middle of bad movie month. <laughs> Howard the <laughs> what duck. are we up to this week? <laughs> oh, Howard the duck. Uh, Sing it. <laughs> Howard the duck. I think that's all I remember. And the room. And, and always be the room, our, our fifth anniversary of covering the room since our inaugural bad movie month. Uh, if somebody has not seen the room, uh, you don't have idiot. to see it to get this week. You you should see the movie, but you don't have to see it to get this week's episode because uh, we 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 can spoil now what we're doing. I think we technically kind of alluded towards it a couple months ago. We did. We're we're playing the full part of the interview where we talk about the room to Greg Sestero, the guy who plays. Oh hi, Mark, uh, in the room, uh, which was left out of the interview we had with him earlier this year. Uh, and we get some great stuff from him in the interview. And then Ben and I just talk about the movie and its legacy as well. So not something you have to watch the movie, but you should watch the movie. And it's on and Wednesday, not tomorrow, by the way. I just want to point out, not tomorrow, Wednesday. God, Ben, get your schedule right. Set your clocks, uh, put in your calendar two days from now, listen to us talk about the room. And then after that, uh, you can skip Howard the Duck. We <laughs> probably should have. Um, well, it, it's only an hour long, so it's not going to be hard. Uh, and... Then we'll be back after that to uh, talk about uh, Freddie getting fingered. Fingered. Oh yeah. Well, oh, and then twenty-four movies, yeah. between then. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure the Heller feller actually likes Freddie getting fingered. That's his favorite Tom Green film. He was in one the of the fingers. huge filmography. <laughs> he was he was the pinky and Freddie got fingered. Uh, so stay tuned for that and uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. We put out some quality content really at do. least twice a year. <laughs> It's, it's not frequent, but it's always good. So good. Like, uh, I just, you know how you've got children? The Oz Network's my child. I just, every day, my God, I'm a great father. Oh, uh, children are the worst. Uh, sorry, Oz Network is the worst. I uh, didn't mean that first part. Children are too. Um, to my children, I will say, my name is Colin, and please don't say anything. Just accept my apology. 
And my name is Ben, and that was Jamie. I asked her to make me a radio speech for tomorrow. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.